0: We lost our humanity. We lost our dignity. We got punished for something we did not do. Amazing Sports Stories from the BBC World Service tells the story of the Black 14.
1: Our young lives were flipped upside down.
0: Search for Amazing Sports Stories wherever you get your BBC podcasts. Hello, I'm Katia Adler. Welcome to this bonus episode in The Documentary Feed from the BBC World Service. I host the BBC's Global Story podcast, and along with some brilliant BBC colleagues, we bring you smart takes and fresh perspectives on what's happening around the world. In this episode, we ask whether new allegations against big stars of French cinema are jumpstarting the country's Me Too movement a long time after the United States We bring you highlights of the Global Story podcast here when we can, but to hear all of our episodes every weekday, Monday to Friday, search for the Global Story wherever you get your BBC podcasts. When the Me Too movement exploded in October 2017, it was widely viewed as a moment of reckoning for the film industry. But while Hollywood heralded a time of change, the picture was quite different elsewhere. In France, another country with a rich and proud cinematic heritage, there was a backlash against Me Too allegations, which puzzled, even angered, many outside the country. Now, though, a new wave of controversy in the world of French cinema, involving amongst others the celebrated actor Gérald Depardieu, has reignited the media debate in France, and it seems to be gaining momentum. So today we're asking, is the Me Too movement finally arriving in French cinema. And why did it take so long? So with me today are two French journalists, Catherine Guilliardy, a big friend of the BBC. Catherine, you and I, I think, first spoke professionally um, when I was on a BBC World Service programme presenting it back in 2000, 2001, Europe Today. Do you remember those distant days?
1: Yes, I do remember those days. Yeah, I've been working for the BBC since 1992 and I definitely have gone on working for the BBC when I came back to France in 95.
0: And you recently made a programme for the BBC about the Me Too movement in France. So you're joining us today in Paris and in London, we have Nina Kropotkin, a dual French-British national and BBC producer. Um, bienvenue to the two of you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Now... Before we dive into Me Too in France, Nina, I think it'd be helpful just to remind ourselves about Me Too, full stop, when it exploded into our consciousness back in in 2017. Remind us of the impact because it was an earthquake.
2: Yeah, it was an earthquake. It all really came crashing down for Harvey Weinstein, who is a Hollywood mogul, you know, one of Hollywood's largest um, film producers. There was a big New York Times story that was published and detailed decades of allegations against Harvey Weinstein. And ultimately, in May 2018, Weinstein turned himself into the New York police and was charged and found guilty with rape, sexual assault. So that was the beginning of the movement, a much wider movement, really. I mean, the Me Too movement started maybe with Weinstein, but gained momentum. And the Me Too hashtag was all over the world. Women talking about sexual violence, about harassment, it really became a global phenomenon.
0: And of course, Nina, the allegations against Weinstein were was that he improperly used the power that he had over aspiring actresses, wasn't it? That he sort of levered them into situations where they felt under pressure to engage in sexual acts with him if they wanted to get a good part in a film.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the cinema industry is so difficult for young actresses who are trying to make it, who are going to auditions. It's hugely competitive. There are opportunities to take advantage of vulnerable women in these situations. And Weinstein was known for that. I mean, he would invite women to watch him in the shower or ask them to massage his back. So that kind of culture in the cinema industry was maybe accepted for a while, but that turning point in 2017, it was just too much. You know, that marked a turning point, And I don't think things were ever the same again. So it certainly marked a turning
0: point in the United States. But I think it's fair to say, isn't it, Katine, that we can't really understand the Me Too movement in France without understanding France and the French? The
1: relationship between men and women in France, I think, is a bit special. And when I talk to foreigners, especially American women, they sometimes really don't understand how it works. And that's why when the Me Too movement started in the States, the reaction here uh, was very French. Basically, the movement in France is always going back and forth and forth and back and there is a sort of resistance here. Uh, actually, a, a woman who is suing a famous TV presenter in France in the Me Too movement says that Me Too in France is like a millefeuille. It's a cake called A Thousand Leaves. Uh, it's a very good cake. You always have to add a layer and then another layer to make it good. And so this is how I would say the Me Too movement took in France.
0: Well, before we go any further, I think it's important really to describe the significance of cinema in France, first and foremost. I mean, It is huge, Nina, isn't it?
2: Yeah, cinema in France is sacred, you know. It's called Le Septième Art. It's got a status that's almost untouchable. We call film directors and screenwriters artists or auteurs. We call it the cinéma d'auteur, which is art house, but it's not really translatable. I mean, there's something very French about le cinéma d'auteur, the screenwriter or the film director. It's almost like the god. He's the creator. He's the one that needs the inspiration, the muses. He is in control of all elements on the film shoots. And whatever he produces is sacred. And maybe only few screenwriters have that status, but it is a very French vision of the art.
0: And so, Catherine, if we look at that a bit broader again, I mean, Americans' relationship with Hollywood, which is a part of American identity compared to this French reverence. I I always love it. You know, France sees itself as a non-religious country, but there is this almost religious fervor for the arts. It's sort of the soul of France, isn't there? You talk about the protection, even in law, of French culture. So it runs very deep. Well,
1: yes, it runs very deep. And there was this movement in France called La Nouvelle Vague, with Jean-Luc Godard, Jean-Pierre Truffaut, actors like Gérard Depardieu, we'll talk about again. And the status of the director, as Nina was saying, is special, not only because they actually are like Managers who manage everything on the set, but also because the film critics have made them artists whose art is indeed to be protected. And it is definitely the case of those recently accused. I'm sure no one has seen Benoit Jacot's film or Jacques Douayon, except the happy few outside of France. And one thing that is very interesting in terms of culture is that actors are actually not considered as normal workers with rights. I mean, they're considered as privileged. And it's the case, especially for women, for actresses. No one ever talked about protecting them when they were underage until recently. And they were just honoured and celebrated by these men in their films.
0: It's heartbreaking when you think of the age of these girls. They're a similar age to my teenage daughters at the moment. We've just had, you know, in all the French headlines, new testimony from the actress Judith Godreche and she's made high-profile allegations against two directors at Right Nina, including Benoit Jacot. She accuses him of historical rape. I mean, back in 2011, he boasted that his relationship with her was a transgression, and he said cinema provided a cover for it.
2: Yeah, so Judith Godreche made some new high profile allegations against Benoit Jacot and Jacques Doyon. Jacques Doyon, by the way, was Jane Birkin's husband, who then was married to Serge Gainsbourg. So very famous, well respected people in the industry. Judith Godreche has accused Benoit Jacot of grooming and also sexual assault. He has denied these claims, but, you know, they were in a relationship when she was 14 years old and he was 39 years old. So this, I think, in France has reiterated the need for this conversation to happen. And it's brought back to the table, the Me Too movement.
1: Judith Godrèche, who also testified against Weinstein uh, when it was the time to do so, said recently that her couple because they were together for six years with this 39-year-old director, was seen as cool, she really feels guilty about it now. But you have to understand that her parents freed her before the age of 18 so that she could buy a flat with this director. And his filming of her half naked was seen as works of art, even by her parents.
0: I guess the question that we've got today is whether France has moved on from those times, because historically you had artistic figures in France like Roman Polanski, who's continued to have a huge career in France, despite a serious conviction in the US for statutory rape of a 13 year old girl but that was in the 70s let's return to Gérard Depardieu who you mentioned uh, right at the beginning of the podcast Catherine a giant of French cinema new allegations around him at the moment new shock waves around him but allegations of impropriety
1: are nothing new for Gérard Depardieu Yes. And actually, uh, you talked about French and American relationship. When Depardieu was going to get an Oscar for a film he shot with the Americans, there was a whole campaign in France for him to get it. And also a very anti-American campaign after Time magazine published an extract of an interview they had made with him in the 1970s when he said that he raped uh, girls in gang rapes, and if you look at the reports in France at the time when he was going to get this Oscar, it's incredible to hear the journalists say how this is an American plot and for him not to get it. But Gérard Depardieu is probably today with Catherine Deneuve the most acclaimed French actor. He's had a very long career from the age of seventeen. He's over seventy today. And uh, definitely an icon here. Now he is facing trial for the rape of a 19-year-old woman. And it prompted a campaign of revelation by many actresses, not only young ones like her, but older ones who are famous here in France and who said, yes, every time Gérard Perdieu was on a set, he would touch women, kiss women, he would say things that were outrageous.
2: There was a documentary that came out on France 2, which is kind of public service TV in December 2023 called La Chute de l'Ogre. And there was some footage that was filmed with Gérard de Badiou in North Korea, where he's kind of making these really inappropriate jokes, I guess we can call them that. And he's kind of using the fact that there's a language barrier. He's speaking in French, he's got an interpreter, and he's talking to these North Korean women in a really degrading way, and they can't understand what he's saying. Les femmes faire du chemin. One of the quotes is, les femmes adore faire du cheval. sur le It means, women love to ride horses. Their clitorises rub against the saddle. They love it. They're sluts. And then there's another audio clip, which is in the same documentary in North Korea, where Debardieu Bardieu is stepping onto some scales and says, 124, chérie. Attends, là, je suis pas erection. En erection, c'est 126. So he's talking about his weight, and he says, I weighed 124 kilos, darling. Wait, but I'm not erect now. With an erection, I weigh 126. I mean, this kind of stuff. I do think it'd just be acceptable from anyone else.
0: And we're talking about the world of culture, the world of cinema, Catherine, but this goes into French politics, right? Because he's such a great of French cinema that we had French President Emmanuel Macron jumping out to support him after there was an outcry around these comments and his historical attitudes towards women, right?
1: Yes, the French president in January uh, said that um, Gérard Depardieu uh, made France very proud and that there was a manhunt against him. When the Gérard Depardieu story came out after this documentary Nina was mentioning, the Minister for Culture, who was a woman, actually said that she wanted to deprive Gérard Depardieu of his Legion of Honor, which is a very high price here in France. And the French president sacked her.
2: I have no regret about having defended the presumption of innocence for a public figure, in this case an artist, as I've done for politicians. If I have one regret, it's to not have said enough how important the words of women who are victims of this violence are, and how essential this fight is for me.
0: Catherine, in your research for your Me Too programme for the BBC, how did you bring across this sense of love, sensuality and sexuality in France that might be different to other countries?
1: There is this celebration of the expression of sexuality in France that is very strong. And the idea of the documentary came after Catherine Deneuve signed a letter in a newspaper denouncing the hatred of women and of sexuality after the MeToo movement started. And they fought these women with Catherine Deneuve for what they called the freedom to pester. As a result of the Weinstein affair, there has been a legitimate realization of the sexual violence women experience. It was necessary, but now this liberation of speech has been turned on its head The philosopher Reuven Ogian defended the freedom to offend as essential to artistic creation. In the same way, we defend a
2: freedom to bother, indispensable to sexual freedom. The letter that Catherine Deneuve signed calls for la liberté d'importuner which has been translated I've seen this in mainstream media as the right to pester. Now I don't think that's quite the right translation. I think pester is is just too strong or not quite the right word. It's in between pester and pursue. It's clumsy flirting, which my grandma for example understands, you know. She thinks, "Oh, what's wrong with that?" You know, a little bit of um seduction is not a problem. Whereas Younger women might say, and no, this is overstepping the line. It's actual harassment. And that's the definition gap there is maybe between my generation and my grandma's generation. The Me Too movement was a huge source of conversation. I mean, the hashtag balance ton peur, expose your pig was shared widely on social media and that, I think, inspired conversation, activism. People were asking, is it right for someone's reputation to be lynched on social media? Do we have to separate the art and the artist? What about non-illegal behaviour that still feels wrong or immoral? So all these questions were bubbling. So it's interesting, isn't it? They were
0: bubbling... But but the cup didn't run over as it were. So as, as you both said, France's Me Too movement has ebbed and flowed. We've had a look at how French culture may have clashed with the US driven Me Too movement. Now I'd really like to hear about French law and the obstacles to progress that it's presented. And of course, I'd like to hear from you if there are clear signs that things are now changing. If you're enjoying what you've heard so far and you'd like more in-depth takes on the big headlines one story at a time, remember at the end of this episode to search for The Global Story wherever you found this BBC podcast.
2: In 1969, a plan to show support for an anti-racism protest turned the lives of 14
0: promising black student athletes upside down.
1: I don't think we realize what the true flavor of Wyoming was back in 1969.
0: Amazing Sports Stories from the BBC World Service tells the story of the black 14.
2: There was a rebel Confederate flag being flown. It was different. It was definitely different. Search for Amazing Sports Stories wherever you get your BBC podcasts.
0: From the BBC World Service, I'm Katya Adler looking at France's Me Too movement. Is this the moment of change in France and do laws help or hinder? Katia, um, we spoke earlier about Roman Polanski... One of the reasons that his case is so controversial is that it involved a 13-year-old girl, a rape of a 13-year-old girl, and he was found guilty in the United States. But until recently, the legal definition of statutory rape in France was cloudy, wasn't it?
1: Well, yes, it changed uh, now three years ago, and sex between adults and minor under 15 is still illegal, but it was only prosecuted as rape if there was proof of coercion that's very important. It has changed things and it has symbolically changed things. It seems that the French public is sensitive when the stories that are coming out are about women who were teenagers when it happened. It's true that the age of consent is 15 here, and that rape is only considered when there is a condition, which is violence, constraint, threat or surprise and therefore you have to prove one of these.
0: Nina obviously I mean you live in the UK at the moment how does it feel then in France when the idea of consent doesn't even come into the law because as Catherine said violence constraint threat or surprise is necessary to prosecute rape. So
2: consent if you're over the age of 15 doesn't even come into it confidence is very low, I think, in the judicial system, especially amongst young women. I think the police is ill-equipped to take in testimonies. I think French bureaucracy, unfortunately, that's not a cliché. That is a real kind of hurdle. And the fear of not being taken seriously or mocked. And that's when the Me Too movement came in. It was almost like bypassing the judicial system by going straight to social media, where your voice could be amplified and people would believe you and you'd have a kind of support network. On the notion of cons- I think because we're talking about it a lot more, the definition is being rewritten. And it's also more nuanced. I think people understand that consent isn't necessarily a yes or no question. It's more subtle than that. And I think young people, they're much more plugged in to these notions.
0: Catherine, is there frustration amongst French women, and let's go back to the world of cinema, that things are not changing on the ground fast enough? I'm thinking, for example, of Adele Enel. Could you tell us about her?
1: Adèle is an actress in her 30s who decided to come out in the media and tell the story of when she was sexually harassed by a director called Christophe Ruggia. She decided not to sue him because she said, justice doesn't consider me as a victim of sexual harassment, so I won't sue him. But eventually the state decided to sue him, so she went on with the judicial case. What's interesting with Adèle Haenel is that she stormed out of the César ceremony, César being the Oscars of France, when Roman Polanski was given three Césars uh, for his film. She stormed out of the Caesars, and the next day a very famous French writer, Virginie Pont, published an opinion piece and said,
2: now we get up and we leave. Leave the system. Adèle Inel is a real champion of the Me Too movement in France. And, you know, her storming out at the Cérémonie de César was a huge social media sensation. So as soon as it was announced that Polanski won Best Director, she got up and she said la honte, which means shame. And that was seen as an amazing power move. And yeah, she has left the industry, even though she was at the height of her fame. And she said she just had enough of the complacency and France's resistance to change. So she
0: stormed out because she felt things weren't changing. But, you know, here on The Global Story, we do like to end on a message of hope. And Nina, if we revisit Gerard Depardieu, who we've spoken about quite a lot, right now, the storm around him, it feels stronger than before, doesn't
2: it? There's more media attention. Is this significant for you? It does feel stronger than before because it's come to the point where it's just impossible to ignore. There's been a bunch of historic allegations, these new or relatively new ones, where he's accused of rape on two occasions by a young actress called Charlotte Darnou have also brought it back to life. And younger people, I think, also don't understand why this monstre du cinéma, is still getting away with problematic behaviour. So, yeah, I do feel like things are changing, although I don't think Me Too will ever take over like it did in America. I think there's still a French way of doing things that wants to be protected. I just wanted to talk about Johnny Depp and Wen because that's a quite interesting French-American example. So Wen, who is a French female film director, decided to commission Johnny Depp in her film Jeanne du Barry when he was in his defamation case with Amber Heard which was obviously all over the news in America and in the UK and although she's actually quite a young filmmaker she is very anti me too and she was like no I'm going to make a point and I'm going to commission Johnny Depp because he's a great actor and because actually I don't believe any of the allegations and I'm going to try and prove a point
0: this is an interesting case Catherine and I'm beginning to really really understand what you're talking about the millefeuille so it's layer upon layer and upon layer when it comes to me too in France but ultimately Living in France, understanding the world of culture and cinema in the UK, in the US, and in France. Do you feel this could be the turning point? Or do you think that
1: feminism or Me Too really has national borders? No, I agree with Nina. I think it's really changing now. I think the media are doing a great job in France, some of them at least. Mediapart, who's online and who has a whole team working only on this topic, and also the historical daily Le Monde had set up and still has a team on Me Too. So it is changing. I really feel that those powerful women are changing the game, and that maybe it will be understood now that, as Simone de Beauvoir would say it, maybe our most famous historical feminist gallantry will stop being the mirror of a French domination.
0: Catherine, thank you. And Nina, thank you to you as well. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening. Before we let you go, we should say that we refer to a number of active and inactive legal proceedings in this episode. It's important to acknowledge that Gérard Depardieu has routinely denied any wrongdoing in relation to allegations of rape and sexual assault brought against him. The directors Benoît Jacot and Jacques Doyon have also strongly denied allegations of historical abuse made by Judith Godrèche. Christophe Rougiat has denied similar allegations brought by Adèle Enel, And additional allegations of rape against Roman Polanski have been dismissed as false by his legal representatives. Remember, if you want to hear more of The Global Story, it won't usually be available in the documentary podcast. To get a hold of our episodes, search The Global Story wherever you get your BBC podcasts.